0: Welcome to The Kingstonian, a podcast that profiles individuals who are passionate about what they do for a living, about what organization they belong to, or simply passionate about the community they are a part of. Hello there and welcome. My name is Dave Cunningham. During this pandemic, many in our community have found a way to give back. One such group is Lionhearts. They have stepped up to provide a decent, healthy meal for the marginalized in our city. Our guest today is the group's founder and executive director, Travis Blunt. Travis, welcome to the program. Hey Dave, thanks so much for for having me on. really appreciate it. Now the whole business behind Lionhearts has changed quite dramatically in the past month or so. Well, let's go back to the beginning. And where did this idea come from to start this organization?
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, it all started with just myself and a, and a small group of friends. We were looking to make a difference in the community and weren't sure what to, what to do. And one of our friends actually gave us an idea. To He had an inroad with uh, Costco Kingston. And we ended up striking up a partnership with them as long as we were willing to pick up seven days a week, every morning, uh, they would put aside the sort of the sort of the what they were going to throw away for a million different reasons. It could be because packaging got damaged in transit, or I mean, honestly, there's a bunch of different reasons. But uh, we had to be willing to pick up seven days a week, take and sort what wasn't consumable, and then we could, you know, give out to marginalize folks whatever was left what and was your first pickup the first pickup oh my gosh i'll never forget the first day it was over 800 pounds of strawberries you know uh, our our food program manager who's still he's actually our operations manager for kingston he was there that day and we just kind of looked at each other you know we were all excited and at the same time we're like what did we just get into you know
0: pretty wild now, does Costco just give you uh, fruit and vegetables or other stuff as well? Any, any food product.
1: Okay. So if there's, uh, I don't know, it could be um, a lot of, it's a, to be honest, it's a lot of produce. Mm-hmm. We could get things like um, one time we had a full skid of pasta sauce where the uh, label had been printed wrong. It oh. just had a different amount. Inside the the jar, but because it's not the proper amount, that can't make the floor and can't go out the door. So they gave that to us. It was like honestly, like organic pasta sauce. Just, I mean, what does Costco sell that isn't good, right? But you know, to, to us, that was like gold and get we from started, heaven. Yeah, <laughs> we started to take this stuff and we would offer it to places in Kingston like Martha's Table, St. Vinny's, St. George's, um, Salvation Army. And we would just start delivering every week because we're picking up every morning. We would pick up uh, this produce, sort it, and then make deliveries to, at this point, more than 30 agencies across the city. Uh, And in the past five years, we've grown to include uh, Cobb's Bread, Starbucks, Little Caesars, uh, Montana's, uh, oh my goodness, uh, a plethora of places that are donating mass amounts of food, and in 2019, we were able to gather and distribute over 2.3 million dollars worth of food across the uh, the Kingston
0: area. I think you're the only other person whom I've heard use the word plethora.
1: Yeah, it's a Is weird that, word. I know. I
0: know. <laughs> now, when it comes to um, picking up. The food from Costco or Combs or Montana's or wherever, do you have to store it or, do you, or have you been getting it out to the people who need it right away the same day?
1: We have very uh, quick turnaround. In fact, mm. it's our goal to have it out the door as fast as possible, uh, no longer than I believe our, our thing is usually about 8 to 12 hours max. And uh, just an interesting side point, anything that is not consumable, um, let's say there's some withered grapes or, or whatever the case is, it doesn't matter. We, we actually put that aside and we have pig farmers that come and take all of the discarded food. So it still, isn't going to waste. It's mm-hmm. still uh, being, I read
0: that somewhere too. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So we're, a we're entirely a green charity besides, you know, you know, we can recycle all the plastic and cardboard and what have you. So it was kind of a, a neat side note about hearts. Even even the nightclubs in town, believe it or not, this is interesting, even the nightclubs in town have uh, coat checks, and there's a number of coats that get left behind a coat check. They'll hold them for three weeks, and then after so long, and no one comes to claim them, then they'll donate those coats to us. And those coats, honestly, you would be, maybe you wouldn't be shocked, but there's hundreds and hundreds of coats every winter season that get donated to us, and say thousands, but I know it's at least hundreds for sure. Um, so hats off to, to the nightclubs for jumping in and making sure this stuff doesn't go in the garbage, right?
0: Now, you mentioned nightclubs, like so let's talk about one in particular. And this is a club that became an extra component to what you guys are doing. And that's a relationship that you have developed with St. George's Cathedral. Tell us about that.
1: That's right. So in a, it almost seems like a former life for me. I was a professional touring drummer for years. I had a career as a hired gun. Uh, and traveled around the world playing drums. And uh, when I came off the road uh, and this whole charity thing kicked off, I mean, my love for music didn't change. In fact, I'd already known a number of musicians in the Kingston community, and a number of them were helping volunteer with the food project and and clothing, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, I just had this idea from delivering food to lunch by George is just was this gorgeous room in there and I put together an idea and I took it to our board and ultimately took it to the deacons and and the priest over there at uh, uh, St. George's and I said what if we opened a pop-up cafe on Saturday nights Um, it's this gorgeous room you have here Uh, we could bring in sound and and some lighting and and what we would do is we would give free entry tickets to some of the places we support with food so that they could give it to their, their clients and folks that they're helping and offer them a free evening of music and um, sort of maybe lift their spirits a little bit. You know, music is a therapy, right? You mm-hmm. listen to it you're happy or you're sad, mad, whatever you want to work out. Um, and this would uh, maybe help our food project, but also help some of the other, offer something different in the community on Saturdays. And that kicked off, uh, gosh, four years ago now.
0: <laughs> it's a perfect location, too, in terms of the church, where it is in town.
1: Yeah, it really is. And it, the, the interesting way about the way the entry sort of works is we'll give these free entry tickets to places like uh, the Kingston Street Mission, and the ticket says "Admit one" has a five dollar value, and when you present that ticket upon entry, it looks like you've pre-purchased. Hmm. So they allow you to enter right away, and you take the ticket inside to the food counter and you redeem that for something to eat, something to drink. It is a dry music cafe, so we have a lot of support from AA and n a. and it really is a place for people to come in, sit in a beautiful environment. I mean, when you're in there it sort of feels like a kind of feels like Hogwarts you know like from Harry (laughs) Potter's gorgeous castle of a room and uh, really really tough to duplicate that sort of atmosphere anymore and we serve cooks fine foods coffee and anyone from the community is more than welcome in fact we sort of base our uh, success if you want to call it that uh, we hope that there's about 50 50 on an evening maybe there's 50 percent free tickets and 50 percent of people came in and thought it was valuable enough to pay to come in and listen to the artist and that way we see the marginalized sort of elevated and integrate with people that they normally wouldn't if you know what where i'm going with that you know you could never take 50 people off the street and sort of take them to fill in the name of the establishment and say, Hey, here's some free food. Just sit down and enjoy the music. And that's where our charity element kind of kicks in to sort of give them that, that sometimes all you need is a new friend and a new circle of people to pull you out of
0: whatever's hard spot. you're in. Yeah. 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 I think it's been a long time since we've had a dry cafe in town.
1: <laughs> I'm pretty sure at least my last check, I think we're the only one. Um, now, it is only on Saturday nights, which is different, and it is an early evening. You know, doors uh, open at 8 o'clock, music starts at 8.30, and it's done at 10.30. Uh, maybe that's a, a, a byproduct of my past life, where, you know, you're used to being in the band, and you don't start till 11, and you play till 3. But uh, and maybe I'm just getting old, and I just, you know, it's <laughs> better for me, you know what I mean? That's so, right. Uh, and I think a lot of our customers enjoy that as well. And if you're, if you're university and you're a big country, classic rock fan, this is the venue. You can use it as a kickoff to your night at 10 30. Then you can zip over to honestly, any of the other live music spots within a block. You got the blue martini and the merchant and the toucan and gosh, so many awesome venues in Kingston. Right. And we're just honored to be, get to be a part of that music community. And, uh, be a part of that legacy in Kingston. Gosh, Kingston's got to be the mecca of music. In, in
0: There's Canada. a lot of great musicians in town. The line I heard from an older musician was, with the gig finishing early, then I can get home in time to watch the late news. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Now, um, in connection with that, you came up with a fundraising idea to put together a compilation album. Tell us about that.
1: Yeah, for sure so uh part of our our budget is to make sure that we offer the musicians uh, a- grat- gratuity for playing. You know you could line up musicians every night of the week and they would all tell you that they've been asked by charities they could they could play every night for a different charity, and they're just never going to make money uh, doing that in order to feed themselves. So we make sure that we we offer them a thank you for playing. And on top of that, you know, one of them approached us to say, listen, you guys do just some phenomenal stuff. And uh, I think you'd be surprised at, uh, at putting together a compilation album and maybe using that as a, as a fundraiser and an awareness campaign just for the embassy. And I thought that was a fantastic idea. His suggestion was to put a call out to the musicians that we have play there and see if they would donate a song that they'd written recorded to that album therefore you know you're not waiting for someone to write something or having to go into the studio it's pre-recorded i thought that was a fantastic idea and i was really overwhelmed by the kindness and generosity of the local musicians uh just how quickly they said yes just wanting to be a part of of what we were doing we put together that compilation album and it's out there now Uh, it's on all streaming platforms you when When stores do open again, you can pick it up on the West End at Limestone Music and also at Brian's Records downtown uh, right on Princess Street there.
0: Now, we are going to move ahead a little bit and talk about the changes that have been wrought on the organization with the debut of COVID-19. Now, what's changed for you since?
1: Well... You know, with COVID nineteen and uh, Lion Hearts, what's changed uh, dramatically is um, pre COVID nineteen Lion Hearts is basically sort of a charity in the food department. is a is a, the charity version of Findlay or Cisco. We pick up mass amounts of food and then we distribute those to frontline agencies that are already feeding people. So that gave us a unique perspective on the city. Uh, when this outbreak happened, we noticed that a number of them either pulled back on some of their services slightly, and that could be for honestly, many different reasons, or to give you an example, um, the, the Morningstar mission in Napanee, all of their cooks are a vulnerable age and they were in a position where they would have had to close entirely, uh, because of this, this pandemic. Lionhearts had been piloting a to-go meals program since the fall of last year, and we really didn't want to see some of uh, spaces like, like Morningstar have to, have to close. But what we did is we approached the city and we approached St. Vinny's, a few of our partners, and we noticed there was a gap in service. There wasn't anyone serving meals to-go for the vulnerable or marginalized during the dinner hour, you know, in that supper period. And we brought forth this idea of our meals to go program and they loved it. And they said, you know, you really should, should do that. So we began consulting with the city of Kingston and public health and a few of our partners. And we settled on McBurney park. And we began serving meals to go in the park on March the 18th. And the very first night there was 37 meals to go that were taken. Now within a week and a half, we watched that number rise to over 200 a night. We had a local chef come in and volunteer his time, uh, just a wonderful guy, Will Arnode, who used to be with Bayview Farm and is now with the Otter Creek Farm Food Truck. And he volunteered his services to come in and help us develop our meal, Meals to Go program and really help us scale up the amount of meals that were showing up. When we approached the 250 mark uh, every night, he came, for, came to us and said, listen, I need to put a call out to get more chefs in to accommodate what's happening here. We could tell that things were advancing every night. That also uh, brought us to a point where we needed to look at opening a second venue in the Kingston area. So we looked at uh, partnering with Kingston Community Health Services up on Weller Avenue And we opened that location on April the 6th, our second location, serving to-go meal packages every night, seven days a week. Will's call out to his uh, chef community resulted in over six chefs volunteering their time to cook these meals. We began delivering these meals to-go packages to The Morningstar Mission in Napanee, every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, there's over 130 meals going out to Napanee alone. And the Morningstar Mission is delivering those meals, seeing as they can't cook anymore. So we've watched the Morningstar Mission be resurrected and be effective in their community and continuing to to serve their client base and take care of that. Now, you've got six Chefs cooking meals, and the last uh, number I think we were at was around 250 meals a night. Uh, with six chefs on board, we're now doing over 700 meals every night. And that's through McBurney Park, seven nights, Weller Avenue, seven nights. And we just opened uh, a new partnership in Amherstview with the Amherstview Community Hall uh, in partnership with the Loyalist Township. And that is every Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday, you can now get meals to go in Amherstview. So once again, just to recap, that's Lionheart's going through four different outlets for these meals. There's over 700 meals a night to this date. And we've served seven 700 meals a night, 17,000 meals since we opened on March the 18th.
0: Now, these are good quality meals as well
1: phenomenal you know these these chefs uh first of all like uh it's really touching the the size of their hearts and their willingness to come forward and do this i mean it's no small task to cook for 700 people every night on a consistent basis and prepare these in to-go packages that are microwave safe and freezer safe um and these are not just a meal. We call them to go meal packages. Mm-hmm. If you visit our Facebook page or Instagram or Twitter or whatever. you'll see that people receive a bag, and in that bag is that meal package. but there'll also be a loaf of bread in there from Cobb's bread. There'll be cookies in there. There'll be some sort of it could be cookies, it could be a different sweet. but it is a full package, some water, could be some oatmeal for the morning it really is a package. It's not just a a one and done type thing. We hope that it keeps people replenished through, through the next number of hours, not just at dinner. Do you know what I mean?
0: Where do you do the prep for all these meals?
1: So a lot of it is done at Kingston community health center. That's where the, the bulk of all of the, the food is prepared. Now the meal packages can be put together at KCHC they could also be put together uh, from a gym that's been donated to us by uh, Kingston Gospel Temple on Princess Street, right by Fresco, And mm-hmm. they have a rather large gymnasium there, and it's a great staging point for us. In fact, that's where we sort a lot of our produce or food that kind of comes in from some of our partner agencies. We'll sort and then and distro out from that location. Um yeah, it's, it's a rather large project. We have about 150 volunteers working in very small, you know, socially distanced partners so that if, you know, if you're not sacrificing your whole project, if one person becomes sick, you can sort of rotate a different group of crew in there.
0: How big, how big is the big whiteboard in your office? Ridiculous. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, to be a hundred percent honest, like, uh, Really, it all falls, the biggest bulk of this falls on the shoulders of our operations manager that runs that project, Sean Sargent, and his different lieutenants that he has in place, taking care of things, whether it's because, you know, it's not like our project pre-COVID-19 is finished. We're still picking up from partner agencies that are still open as well as uh, acquiring new partner agencies that are donating food on, it seems almost like a daily day basis. There's a new one coming on board and then we're still supporting St. Vinny's and lunch by George and uh, Martha's and Salvation Army and partners in mission food bank and on and on and on. Uh, it's important to us that we don't let that, initial part of our project fall, Mm -hmm. this this new sort of COVID-19 street project has really kind of uh, exploded bigger than any of us could have
0: imagined. Now, we're running out of time on the program, and I don't want to uh, finish up the show without talking about a current fundraiser that involves getting some matching money. So can you quickly give us the rundown on that?
1: Absolutely. So there's this global thing called uh, Giving Tuesday, which a lot of viewers will have heard about. It normally happens in December Uh, with the outbreak of COVID-19. That same worldwide uh, conglomeration has decided to do a new campaign called Giving Tuesday Now, which begins on May the 4th. And it's specifically for any charities that are doing COVID-19 work or need to be highlighted in your community. We chose to take this time to launch what we're calling our Double Your Impact campaign. We had two major uh, grants given to us by the United Way, KFL&A, and the Robert W. Clark Estate, Um, and basically anything that's donated between Tuesday the 4th and Tuesday the 12th uh, will be matched up to $50,000. So we're trying to raise $50,000, which will then be matched by that other $50,000, giving us $100,000. Uh, into our project, which is so desperately needed to maintain (laughs) that 700 meals a night and growing, to be honest.
0: Now, for folks who want to donate, all they need to do is go to their favorite social media platform And look for the donate button. But even more importantly, and whether you are donating or you can't afford to donate, and you have a list of friends on those social media platforms, please invite them to participate in the campaign so that you can spread the word as widely as possible. The theme music for the program is Stasis Oasis, a tune written and performed by Kingston musician Tim Ailsworth. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions about any of our episodes, please send a note to the Kingstonian Podcast Facebook page. This is Dave Cunningham from Kingston, Ontario. Thank you for listening. Until next time.